Oh shit! Excuse me, excuse me, Ian. Oh my god, man. I don't want to uh, get anybody scared. I swear to God, it is not COVID. But this episode right here, that is what we're talking about. The pandemic blues. That time period, that 2020 uh, unforgettable, unprecedented time. And I'm joined this week by the one and the only, Ian the Wolfman, the king of the monsters. Ian, welcome back <laughs> to Horror 365, brother. How are you? Dude, I'm doing fantastic, Jimmy. You know, I, I was going to ask, where's your mask? You got a mask up, bro. <laughs> Forgive me, man. I know I know. now it's it's so evolved that you can contract this virtually through this uh, podcast here. So, you know, I'm going to make sure. Let me see what I got. Well, I got one mask right here, but it's a little bedazzled here. Uh, bedazzled, Jason. Does this, does this work for you? Uh, bedazzled works. It's fine, man. I love it. I okay. Love it. Uh, yeah, man. I mean, it should have been blue. I mean, this goes is, with the feng shui. Yeah, right? It's, it's uh, hip. Right, and then you know what? Listen, I don't want you to get alarmed. I'm not sick, but today we're gonna get a little sick and twisted with the movie Sick from 20. I think it's 2022. It, it came out, but in the U.S. it was released in January 2023. And this is a movie I just watched for the first time. Had no idea about it until the missus had put me onto it. I watched the trailer. I'm like, how did I miss this? You know, and. Before we get into it, man, I want to ask you, do you remember where you at when you heard about the pandemic when, when it hit 2020? Dude, I, I do. It, it's funny. So I've moved twice since the pandemic started and I was living. So I, I live in uh, just outside Richmond, Virginia, and I was living a little bit closer to to Richmond at that point in time, um, kind of in a suburb called Henrico. And. I was in my mid twenties and I was living with my brother and two other guys that, you know, we grew up with and uh, that, that's when it hit. And it's funny enough. Um, I was gearing up for a monster mania um, convention. So that was March, 2020. And it was like David Harbor was the headline and Sam Raimi was going to, it was his first uh, monster mania appearance. And I can't remember who else, but I was stoked. Like, I had a season three uh, Hopper like costume, uh, you know, cosplay ready to go. Um, and it hit hard like the day before that convention. It was like a Thursday or a Wednesday or something like that. And so they canceled the con and everyone's heartbroken. Um, and, you know, we all rushed to the grocery store to, you know, gear up as much as you can, getting toilet paper, getting food and you know everybody was panicked and um you know hindsight 2020 i think it was completely normal response and you know but uh maybe a little bit of an overreaction at that point in time um but yeah it's funny i remember being stuck in the house for you know weeks at a time i i was working at the post office at that point in time and i still had to go to work um I think some some of the housemates got a little time off, like that initial onset. But uh, you know, once it warmed up, some we were so ready to just go chill outside and chill out in the yard and stuff. But yeah, dude, I, I vividly remember when it hit. Yep. Yeah, um, that that's wild, man. The fact you still had to work, so I give you a lot of credit for that. Essential workers out there, everybody that uh, didn't know what they were going into every day that they went into the office or wherever they worked at. Um, it was just a time of uncertainty and it wasn't that long ago. I mean, look at this 2024 yeah. now it's been, it's been four years. Um, and I think maybe the last year was the first year that we kind of like started calming down, you know, from, sure. from everything that had happened and, you know, there's different now variants, but I, I feel like those that didn't make it, you know, obviously rest their soul, but you know, they, they couldn't beat the virus and then those that did, they had it, they beat it. They may have contracted it again and maybe even again, but, you know, it's like our bodies are now becoming immune to it. It's like the new flu. But sure. when this came out, it was it was scary. You know, everybody, yeah. nobody knew how to react. Like, okay, what is this? Now you can catch it just by talking to somebody. So then they encourage, oh, wear your mask. And, you know, people, are they got crazy. And oh, yeah. I think this, this movie right here, Sick, showed us how crazy people got okay and then this obviously turned up a notch here but uh it, it really it was just god forbid you would sneeze or cough in a room like 
no other diseases existed, by the way. There was yeah. no common colds. There was no flus. There was no nothing. It's just automatically it's COVID. Yeah. And yeah. And that's that's what was crazy about this time because people seem to forgot about everything else. And the focal point is on this. And we're we're trapped. We're in solitary confinement pretty much. Stay home. What do you do? And like there's nothing to do. You can't, there's no shows, there's no events, there's nowhere to go. You can go food shopping, maybe your local store, and you come home and it forced people, I feel like I felt like, to get creative. I think social media was booming to like a whole other level. Um, and there was even there was like a a social distancing uh, wrestling organization where people would like do these videos. I, I watched, I forgot the, the name of it. Uh, slips my mind, but you know, people started getting creative, and that's what we had to do, man, because we were losing our minds. We would be like Jack Nicholson in The Shining. <laughs> it was, it's over, but you know, um, I'll never forget it. You know, yeah, yeah. Good. You know, it, it's funny. I vividly remember. I, I feel like personally, like mentally and emotionally, it, it didn't affect me so much because I was going to work every day. I lived with some of my best friends. And, you know, we didn't social distance in the house. Like we were around each other all the time. So, I mean, it was kind of business as usual for us, like living together and hanging out. And, you know, obviously we weren't going anywhere, but I just feel like it didn't affect us in a negative way mentally because we had each other. Um, But yeah, you know, it's funny you talk about like the uptick in social media and that boom. So I started the Universal Monster account in like the summer of 2019. So I was like, you know, six, seven months in and it just exploded. Um, And I met so, so many important people to me now, like people that I consider family. Uh, We got creative, you know, that's it's my page. There's two other like classic monster pages and we would host like live streams every Wednesday or Thursday. We alternate guests like we got super, super interactive with each other because everybody was stuck at home. Um, so I'm not the biggest social media fan overall. Um, I think there's a tons of negatives. I think there's tons of positives. You got to find that balance of what works for you. Um, that being said, I've had some amazing experiences, uh, because of social media and especially during the pandemic. So I'm forever an optimist and I, not to go dark here, but just to kind of put this out here, my father passed because of COVID. Um, I'm sorry. And it's, it's something that just happened and uh, it's something we dealt with. And uh, he was a chronic, he'd smoked for 40 years. So it was more that than the virus itself. But it's interesting, you know, when (laughs) just regarding this movie, before we dive deep into it, it's, it's funny, like, if someone's a little unhinged, they're like right on that breaking point. Kind of like, you know, you're talking about The Shining, Jack Nicholson. It kind of reminds me of that. You're stuck at home, cabin fever. And if you lose somebody like extremely important to you, like if you're crazy enough, it can push you to the edge. So this movie was a really interesting watch. Like I'm trying to empathize like with the killers because it's like I lost somebody to COVID. Yeah. And, like you know if if you're really messed up in the head i could totally see how you know you start to go down the rabbit hole i agree man and you know it's when we have times like that when we're faced with with times of uncertainty and we deal with a serious or traumatic incident that affects us or somebody close to us it can definitely alter our mind and, and the way we're thinking. And we might not be thinking straight. We might just, like you said, it just snap like a switch. Yeah, yeah. And uh, we want to see others feel the pain that we're feeling, you know, you know, um, or, we're, or go through what we're going through. And it's like, you know, we've seen this in this movie. Like you said, I can kind of empathize with the killers, too. We're going to get into that for sure. This this is why this was so interesting, because it, it was it spoke on everything that was going on during yeah. the pandemic when the pandemic hit. Uh, I mean, I shoot, I could tell you, I think I have PTSD with just the missus coming in every time. Wash your hands and then taking the groceries, Lysol wipes up and oh, down yeah. and everywhere, man. Everything was Lysol. It's like, and if you had Lysol, Ian, oh, that was better than cocaine itself. Exactly. Oh, that and toilet paper. Toilet paper was like printed on sheets of gold, it seemed like. 
forget it, man. I, and, and mind you, my, she, the missus had the connection to the Lysol. So I would go to the job I was at. I was still working. Uh, I was doing it with my cousin at his deli just to help out because nobody wanted to work. So I still managed to get over there. And I was, you know, making food and whatever. And, man, I said, yo, I got I got bottles of Lysol. I got cans of Lysol. You got Lysol? <laughs> like, and I didn't overcharge. You know, it's I like, gave a little. Who's your dude? Like, who? where did you get it, bro? <laughs> yeah. I listen, I listen, Mr. Clean stepped away a little bit now. But I got <laughs> right, right. <laughs> You know? So it's like, you know, I, got, I got a Lysol guy, Jimmy. You know? <laughs> but it was crazy. Like, what people actually cared about. We, we got to see, like, honestly, too what people cared about the most like during this time um and you know you started to see like and it's funny you talk about social media things that people would do on a regular basis didn't even matter anymore because everything was shut down now what and it made you think what really matters what's important at the end of the day man you know and i don't want to go down this rabbit hole but you know it's all about family it's all about like what you love to do because life is too damn short and you know we're all here slaves to money most of us right we're in this vicious vicious cycle but we have to always remember that and remember that we have to take that time and allot that time to the stuff that matters and don't get caught up too much and and the negative energy and and all the other bs that goes on on a regular basis because sure it's not worth it it's just it's it's not and well, with all that being said, let's dive into this one right here, uh, Ian. Sick. Written and produced by Kevin Williamson. That's the first thing I want to say. I, I I didn't even know he did this. Like, yeah. And the same guy, for those that don't know, that wrote Scream. Uh, you spoke about the faculty. It was on a recent one of your uh, episodes. You're still doing the Friday the movie night, right? Talk about yeah, that. Yeah, Friday, Friday night video. Um, that's something that... Uh, I started last year and with two of my best friends, Zach and Alyssa Sashaki, and they run an Instagram account called Hor- at horror.elective or collective. I'm sorry. Um, and I, I started going to monster mania conventions with them. Um, they're local to me. They're, you know, 45 minutes away from where I live. Uh, but we travel a lot. You know, I've gone out to California with them. We hit Halloween 45 last yeah. year. Uh, so we, we started this, podcast and it, i won't say it's something that's blown up but we're all you know tape heads and horror fiends and um you know we all grew up in the 90s so it's something that we're going to be talking about anyway so we figured well why don't we you know why don't we just do a podcast so the podcast essentially is like it focuses on uh like this nostalgia of nineties and, and watching VHS and they have like 2,500 to 3000 VHS tapes. in their no, no way. Oh, it's insane. Yeah. It's like walking into a blockbuster. I've got a meager collection. I've probably got, you know, a few hundred. Um, but yeah, so essentially we cover movies. We kind of focus on horror just because once we got into recording episodes, we realized the episodes that were hits were the horror episodes, which is fine with us. Um, But new episodes come out weekly. Uh, We're like 35 in or something like that. We record like weeks in advance. Um, But yeah, you know, we've done Scream and I know what you did last summer and the faculty and, you know, those are all Kevin Williamson, uh, you know, written and produced films. And um, I didn't know a lot about Kevin until we started doing the podcast. And one thing that we really focus on is like behind the scenes stuff and um you know production and we try to dive deep and make sure we we have our information correct and we know our stuff and that's something that i'm really passionate about um there's so many podcasts out there that give incorrect information and uh that's something that i strive to uh to yeah. fight against um somebody will call you out on it for sure i mean like i'm sure yeah <laughs> <laughs> um but yeah you know it was cool learning about kevin like he kind of helped kickstart and create and produce dawson's creek and he was also like one of the the you know, executive producers and maybe one of the showrunners on um vampire diaries like yeah. his work's extensive um I think his best stuff was was that early 90s uh, horror stuff. And he hadn't done a whole lot of that. Um, So, you know, when you reached out to me about Sick and you were like, hey, Kevin Williamson wrote it. I was like, well, no shit. I got to watch this. (laughs) 
it, dude, it was uh, weird. Like I told you, I didn't even know about this film. And I agree with you. His best work was the, the 90s, you know, right that time period right there. And, um, you know, and that time period was very special, too, I feel like, because it's forgotten. It's looked over because of all the 80s stuff. Yeah. And there was, it was a big transition. Scream really started that transition and set the way, set, set the tone for other movies in the late 90s to come out. Like you said, I know what you did last summer, Urban Legend, um, you know, The Faculty, all, all these movies. Wait, actually, yeah, Faculty came out after Scream. I'm thinking of The Craft that was before Scream. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah okay. that's right. That's right. You got it. Okay, yeah. I'm just trying to think time. And again, somebody's gonna call me out on if I if I mess up. No, but yeah. So Kevin, yeah. yeah, and I gotta be careful, man. Somebody, I'm gonna get hit. Boom, 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 Jimmy, no, you're incorrect. It's happened before on a horror 365 Facebook page. But I said, okay, forgive me. I'm I'm human. I'm not a machine. Exactly. Okay, exactly. I thought I was. Uh, but but yeah. So you know, Kevin, like in in this concept this this movie right here i thought it was real simple and i mean it just exploited all the horror tropes every horror trope you could think of in, in this film and uh I, I mean i enjoyed it for that too and you know it, it just was what it was it spoke on the, the pandemic um and it followed it well i guess we can get into the plot here it followed like it was uh miri and parker it's two girls they're trying to quarantine and they have a lake house i think it's parker's Relatives lake house. They decide, oh, let's go over there, and get away. All right, it's a beautiful lake house. Did you yeah. see that house? Yeah, man, it's freaking gorgeous. Like, has to be a freaking like, you know, seven figure freaking lake like, house. Yeah. It's, how much it's money are they, are they making? Like, the family. Like, I, I gotta know, because the, the doctors, lawyers, somebody owned that. Somebody with, with a lot of money. I mean, it was immaculate that house. Those windows, just the architecture. I was like, Jesus Christ. So. I would love to quarantine there during the pandemic. Yeah. Well, they're probably related to the uh, McAllister family from Home Alone. <laughs> yeah, right. Oh God, yeah. I was like looking at that house. It, yeah. it was the, the whole block. It took up the whole block in Home Alone. I'm like, what do they do for a living? They have all these kids that have this <laughs> giant mystery, house. Man. Yeah, yeah. I, I just want to know. <laughs> Eleven oh, people flying out to Paris. Yeah. Yeah, like just out of nowhere, taking everybody. Like it, it's nothing, just spending money. No wonder why Kevin had all that money from having his father's wallet in part two. I mean, exactly. he yeah. large in New York uh, with a stolen credit card. <laughs> no. Yes, I love it. But, uh, but yeah, I mean, you know, back to uh, to sick. Now they're at they're at the lake house, and then unexpectedly we have one of uh, Parker's mess arounds or flings come up. DJs over there out of nowhere and. I think I skipped over the fact that they were getting these weird text messages, which in yeah. my eyes was like a homage in a way to scream or. Oh, for sure. Yeah. 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 So. The, I feel like there's a lot of, you know, nods to scream, like, especially in the, like the cold open, um, you know, the guy in the, uh, the, he goes to the grocery store and, you know, there's no toilet paper. This is like height of the pandemic and uh, somebody's like taking pictures of him and sending. It's, it's funny. Like, <laughs> you know how much work the killers had to do to like oh we got to get his phone number we got to you know we got to do all this stuff but yeah clearly homages to to scream and it wasn't like i you know one of the big differences from scream and this is there's like some humor to scream and there wasn't any humor whatsoever in this movie um and like you said it, it hits the tropes not in a negative way like you know, it's yeah. come on, guys. It's 2024, and horror movies have been coming out for over a century. And it's like, can there be any new tropes at this point? Um, <laughs> maybe I, I I don't know, but you know, if if you're a horror fan, tropes are fine. Um, yeah. And I think they handled them really, really well in this. But yeah, the uh, the texting and the the phone calls was was clearly a nod to scream, and I thought it was a welcome one. When you know that Kevin Williamson wrote this. Oh yeah, it's great to see how he kind of plays off of screen. Yeah, no, a hundred percent, man. And now you brought up a good um, part of the film, the opening sequence. I love that opening sequence. Yeah, you know, just like as you said, it was the height of the pandemic, and here's this guy he's shopping, and you know, and then he gets in the car. You know, you see it, he's sanitizing the hands. Yeah. You know, people are, like going nuts in the store about like you know, it's it's mayhem, you know. And then um, he gets home. And again, it, it reminded me of Scream again in that, yeah. in that beginning. And, and it was just so tense in the camera. I love how they, the creativity with the camera, how they had it. And it was, it was following 
the um the, the victim it was following the victim and it kind of yeah. like it built that suspense and the tension in the beginning and i mean you have to watch it because i was on the edge of my seat i was oh, yeah. i think i haven't seen nothing like that in a while and that's why I, it kind of threw me off a little bit and um i just can't speak enough about that opening sequence what do you think about that yeah dude it, it was really intense and i i like the tracing shots like it was really fast-paced but made you feel claustrophobic and i think that's something all of the like the screen opens or you know the opening scenes are known for so it was cool like i i feel like the director i think it was uh john hyams um i'm sure you know he he has to be a fan of the the screen franchise and and i just appreciate that it wasn't none of it's throwaway it's not you know trying to be something that it's not and it's its own thing and it but it works really well um just playing on those tropes and and I, i'm totally fine with that like you you go into this knowing it's a slasher movie and yeah. i think it's much more rooted in the social commentary around the pandemic and they build you know around that so that part is super original so the other stuff doesn't have to be super original and that's totally fine yeah no and i agree 100 man and i thought that this movie um you know after that after that opening sequence and then we started to get into the plot because now i'm like okay i want to know why yeah. this guy targeted you this guy. Why. yep why did he target this kid and kill him and by the way that the killers get up though i gotta say this it was very basic it looked yeah. like it was ninjas, well, killers, I should say, ninjas right. or like a bootleg version of the foot from Ninja Turtles. Sure. Um, it was just, uh, wasn't, it wasn't really creative, bottom line. It was simple. It, yeah. was, it got the job done, though, right? This is, and for me, when I looked at the ghetto, I'm like, okay, this is somebody that just, it could be somebody on the street, like oh, a yeah, yeah. local, local mugger, serial, whatever it is, serial killer. And uh, after that, like I said, after the opening sequence, they, they whacked that kid, forgot his name. Yeah. Um, and then we go into the plot where, you know, Miri and Parker, they're going to the lake house. They're in the lake house, like I was saying. DJ shows up and, you know, they're all having fun. And then things things get crazy, man. What did you think we started seeing this image? And again, this is like homage to Michael Myers, okay? This is in my eyes. You started seeing the shape in the background over there okay and, oh, yeah. and a lot of different shots man and yeah it screamed halloween 78 to me what'd you think of that yeah no no, no. I, I really i like that kind of stuff and to kind of piggyback on what you were saying about um you, you want to know like why are they doing this and I, I like a cold open like that where it doesn't appear that it's initially connected to like the character the other characters moving forward and then, you, you know, it keeps you interested. It keeps you, like, guessing. And you're like, well, you know, this movie's a, an hour and 20 minutes. Like, you know you're not going to have to sit here for three hours to find <laughs> out the point. Um, it reminded me of Michael Myers. I love that shot. Like, it was a real cool shot. And she's talking to, to Miri. And then, you know, she's getting ready to turn around. And then she's like, no, no, no. And she walks further into the room. And then when she, you know, goes to leave, he's gone. Um I think it reminded me of two films even more so than, than Halloween. One of them being Hush from 2016. That's a Mike Flanagan movie. That's a good um, I'm not sure if you're familiar with that, but it's yes. um, the main woman is she's, she's a deaf woman and very kind of similar thing. She's out in her house and like someone's trying to break into the house. And, uh, and that movie's really cool. Cause it plays with like, you know, the sound and it kind of puts you in the position of like being deaf um so there's always like you know corner of your eye you see you think you see somebody and that that was a lot of this and kind of the other film uh, that reminds me of is uh the strangers oh uh, yeah yeah because you're once again like I, I think the strangers they weren't as concerned with not being seen you know they just kind of they don't care but They're creepy think, as hell yeah they just even when DJ shows up, he's like ringing the doorbell and knocking on the, banging on the door. And I'm like, I, I was getting stranger vibe from that. Um, but yeah, the, the, anytime there's like a silhouette, it's either Michael Myers or strangers. That's, those are kind of the things that I, I, uh, I think about. That's a good call. The stranger. Yeah. Yeah. 
Yeah, I, I got I got the same vibe. You're, you're right. When when he was knocking on the door, and um, also you know with the speaking on the the killer or killers because we find out there's multiple, you know later on, um, you know, I got and I, I said this in the post. I got Friday part two, sackhead Jason vibes with the struggle, the fight scenes and the struggle. Yeah. And it's like humanizes these people. They're not like invincible. Yeah. So. It was very organic, man. The the fight yeah. sequence. Yeah, I, I think that's one thing that re- works really well because sometimes, like, sometimes it's almost way too over the top and too much, and you're like, yeah. okay, like, you know, it's one of those things where you watch a horror movie and there's a chase scene and they're literally running full sprint for five, ten minutes, and you're like, dude, no, like, I don't care how much <laughs> adrenaline you got, like, no, 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 like, no way. And then you know they get into you know, wrestling and stuff. And, and that's another thing where it's just like, okay, I think they handled this really well. Uh, once again, the camera works really well done. And so you get like really up close and personal when, when they're fighting. And I like, you can clearly tell they're just people. Um, and I, I even like the fact that, especially with Miri and, and Parker, like when they're kind of fighting the killers, they have like they have an edge it's not like they're completely helpless yeah yeah sometimes a lot of times rather like when a female character is you know being overpowered by a a man it's like okay like this is a little ridiculous like yeah you know i'm i don't want to generalize but generally people would say most men are stronger than than women but it's still like dude no like you're fighting to the death here it's, and it's yeah. it's ridiculous that it's like oh well women can't fight back and it's like no 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 this movie handled that remarkably well and they like they beat the shit out of these people sometimes and I was yeah. like dude that's awesome it's great yeah I love I love that man and the fact that because you got to think about it if you're in that position where you're fighting for your life you get superhuman strength yep you know and so in some of the older horror movies or slashers. The woman's like, oh, no, it's just so helpless, right? Yeah, <laughs> right, right. They, they don't even fight back. And I love the fact that this happened. And, and even though they were scared as hell, they still fought for their lives in, you know, in all these sequences. And even uh, the showdown with, with DJ, when I mean, I thought that was pretty funny how we kind of killed him. We had him like <laughs> yeah. on, a, on that pole, just right. <laughs> the flag pole, yeah. The flag pole. And it reminded me of Uncle Sam, 96. It's Yeah. Kill. Yeah. I like, I thought that cool was cool because it's like, you know, the door's cracked open and you're like, she, you know, Parker tells Mary, <laughs> get ready to gun it. Like, and I'm yeah. going to go check on it. And you're like, no, don't, like, the, uh, another one of those tropes. Don't get out of the truck. Um, yeah. But uh, it's cool because, you know, he comes like stumbling out. And it's, this was a little ridiculous because <laughs> like, DJ's okay. not a teeny guy. Like, you yeah. know, he's, he's a, he's an athletic dude. And his feet start like, you know, dangling like <laughs> up off the ground. And you're like, yeah. dude, this guy literally lifted him up. Uh, and I, I like the kill. Like once he finally shoves the whole flagpole like through his chest, I'm like, whoa! Like, but, you know, that was kind of <laughs> cool. Um, once again, kind of got Jason vibes like from from part two, like where he impales, you know, the yeah. the the couple in the bed. Um, but no, like it was cool. I I think one of the biggest surprises for me is when parker finally kills or you know, oh yeah guy. and like you know she has the vase or whatever and she's like, like smashing his face in and i i'm like i i almost paused it because i was like how much time's left in this movie i i don't think it's this isn't it and that's when you get you know the whole reveal that there's multiple killers um but dude she does a number on him and i'm like hell yeah like you know she like, pulls really- his mask off and his face is just like demolished and um i thought that was super super cool i agree with you too i was shocked you know i'm like wait a minute did, did she just did she just kill him <laughs> is this it like i checked the time too i checked the time i was like what was it 40 something minute mark i think yeah. it was. i remember like no this can't be it he's got to come back and obviously he came back for that one more good scare yeah it's like 40 some minutes you got it oh well, okay it was weird and he came back like in Scream, where they said the killer always comes back again. He came back, I think, at one point to attack. Um, yeah. I think it was yeah, yeah. So uh, 
that that was cool too. But yeah, yeah he was, there were definitely like those are definitely Kevin Williamson nods to Scream, where it's yeah. like there's always you know there's always two killers, and then you know he comes back, and then you know once you get to the final reveal, and then you know they're almost away. Like the mom comes back, he, he just so he keeps hitting you with those those punches. It, um, it's like. But it's fun. Like this scene yeah. right yeah. here, she's yeah. running. There's Parker running to the uh, to the car, right? Because she got away. And well, what happens is there's, there's an old lady, and you don't know who this old lady is. And it, this was the only funny part of the movie, I think. You know, we're talking yeah, about she's knocking on the window. She's like, "Where's your mask, <laughs> woman? Oh, bloody!" So you got to have your mask to get in the car. Like that's how crazy it was. So then she gave her a mask, and it was a mask with like uh, chloroform on it. And you know, then we find out. Yeah, you want to unveil it? You can. You can unveil it to us if you want. What happened? Yeah, for you sure. Kill you know, it's cool. Like it. they touch on DJ. You know, showed up because he kind of wants to be be more serious with Parker, and she's posted this video on Instagram. So you know, this is equal parts kind of what we were talking about earlier. How everyone got so absorbed with social media during the pandemic because you were stuck at home. Um, but she posts a video from where she'd attended a party and she's making out with some random guy at this party. Um, and she posts it. And I think she posted to kind of like make DJ jealous or something like that. Um, so, so the big reveal is uh, the guy that she was making out with. She barely, she only knew his first name, like barely even knew him. Um, he gets COVID and essentially he dies from COVID and the hospital and the killers, two men, the woman's in on it. Uh, the man and the woman are married and it was their youngest son. And the third killer is their oldest son. Um, and I don't think, I can't remember if they actually say their names in the film, but the character names are Pamela and Jason, like the mom and the dad, Yeah, which, but... which is kind of funny. Um, <laughs> clearly like, nod to you know friday the 13th series but it, it they play unhinged and crazy so well and they're like you know you got our son sick and she's like what the hell are you talking about i you know so this had to have been within like a few days or a week uh and they test her like uh they yeah, that, was, that was funny too <laughs> yeah. you're about to kill her but hold on yeah hold, hold on. on we gotta make sure yeah. Let me make sure um, that you actually had COVID. And yeah. that's like, I'm sorry to cut off here, but that's like, before you get the lethal injection, we have an alcohol swab. Yeah. We, we don't want that last minute. God forbid. <laughs> that's wild. Let me continue. It, 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 yeah, it is wild. And it's, it's funny. It, it makes me ponder like how many people did overreact like during COVID. And I'm sure there were instances like this, you know, where, obviously not people killing somebody, but I'm like, people were tenacious about, you know, I'd cut like so-and-so is going to cut you out out in public. If you're not wearing a mask, like you know, stuff like that. And I think there was just so much overwhelming unknown and fear and fear of the unknown that people, people didn't know how to react. And there was so much misinformation and, um, so so people were crazy and it's like these people were extremely extremely crazy uh but yeah you know they they're like she tests positive and they're like you're asymptomatic um <laughs> <laughs> that i thought was funny um but yeah you know they're like you know you took our son from us and we're gonna kill you because you were out there spreading it and she's like how do you still how do you even know it was me there's like 15 other people at this party and that's you know the the cold open with the the guy that gets killed uh he was at said party and you know we tracked like who was there and who had tested positive and yada 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 and so it is funny like i think it is almost tongue-in-cheek commentary almost making fun of the people that were so ridiculously terrified that it was like an overreaction. Um, so I appreciate it. I, you know, I, I'm fairly moderate. So I was not one of the people that totally went off the deep end and was scared. Um, I empathize with, with the people that took it very serious. Like I, no way, shape or form, like however you handle it, it's however you handle it, except 
don't be like these people and go kill everyone. Like, you know, it was one of those things that how much could you control it? And I think that like this film kind of raises that question where it's like, it's going to happen. Like people had to go out in some, and I, I know like the parents point of view is like, you're supposed to be quarantining and like you go to a party and you make out with my son and (laughs) he gets COVID and dot like, so it is kind of like, uh, like, you know, that's that thing where you kind of empathize with them, but it's like, how many people do they kill in the process? Like they kill the neighbor, they kill, you know, DJ. And they're like, they want to blame her because they're like, you're supposed to be up here by yourself. So this is on you. And I'm like, shit, like you guys are crazy. Yeah. Yeah. They really went down the whole line. I mean, you know, it, Again, I, I feel for them because they lost their son. But at the same time, this is extreme. Yeah. You know, you don't got to go killing people. Because, you know, <laughs> right. like, they completely lost it at this point. And, you know, ultimately, you know, uh, Miri and Parker ride off into the sunset. I mean, because Miri's in the house as this is going on, as the mother's pretty much giving her the business, giving Parker the business. She has a broken, I think it was a leg, a tibia, fibula, I don't know the scientific terms. Mm-hmm. She ends up getting up and they ended up, they threw the mother out, out of the window, out of the door, in the glass door. Remember, then uh, the father's I looking for her. But she's like, she's gone. And ultimately he gets uh, launched over the balcony and onto, what is that exactly? I forgot what it was, that he gets impaled by as he falls. It was, oh, I'm man. guessing it was elk antlers. That's um, what I was saying. Yeah. You know, I really, that kill was super fun. The way that yeah. the mom finally goes out was super fun. There was almost, I feel like it was almost an homage to Pet Cemetery because Miri's under the bed with like the, uh, like the turkey carver knife. Yeah. And I was laughing at that because I'm pretty sure it has like a, a power cable and she's hiding under the bed. And I'm like, she took the time to plug it in, you know? <laughs> um, but she like slices his like Achilles tendon. Um, and, then Parker pushes him and, you know, yeah. he like somersaults and, and is impaled by the antlers. And it was, it was awesome. Like that, that was, that was pretty cool. Uh, so then dad's out. Um, and, you know, they, they like, I guess it's another neighbor that, you know, they go to get into the, uh, like the shed. Um, oh yeah. And start up the, uh, like the little gravely like gator thing, golf cart looking thing. And, uh, like oh we got to put gas in it. and then the mom you know shows back up with a with a with an axe and I feel like this whole sequence was kind of an homage to to Friday Part Two as well because I think Jason does use an axe at one point in time and they're like out in the woodshed and uh, and she's doused in gasoline uh, and then they you know they light her on fire right. uh, which was cool I, th- I thought that was cool and yeah. like you know uh, the cops are showing up and they drive up like right as the mom is you know like a crumpled. <laughs> corpse still on fire uh oh, like it, it was a good it was a fun good climax good ending yeah i thought it was overall just a solid slasher film sure if you're you in know, a slasher, honestly, like, this one's a good one to watch yeah and it's it's like you said it was an hour and 20 minutes it's uh an easy watch man you get, yeah. get through it pretty easy and it was uh something that i feel like personally i could rewatch. you know it, it's not you know one of those films that's like one and done you know, eventually yeah, going, yeah. I want to watch it down the line again. It was, uh, it was enjoyable. It was, and for a slasher film, like really, this is everything you could really expect for a slasher. Sure. I was reading some of the reviews on this and I was surprised how many negative reviews this got. And like, people are like yeah. really nitpicking certain things on it. I'm like, dude, just watch the movie. Yeah. Just yeah. enjoy it. I mean, it's different. It spoke on 2020's pandemic. It, you know, it, it really, um, it was simple kills i thought were pretty good it was nothing over the top the kills you know right. they were gruesome right. um and it was just it was a solid film and i it was just shocked i don't know if you had yeah. read some of the reviews on this have did you see what people were saying on uh, that? so i mean i looked a little it's kind of like a 80 some percent like critic rating on rotten tomatoes and it's, it's like 75 percent viewer rating on on rotten tomatoes which i'm not like end all be all rotten tomatoes but it is something that it is interesting to see especially like a film that kind of you know was just strictly streaming like this this is a, a peacock released film um yeah. but no i mean it's it's got a, like a decent rating on rotten tomatoes and i think some like we live in this age where people are so 
ridiculously nitpicky. And it's oh, like, God. this is a slasher movie. Like, <laughs> like, <laughs> this is not a DiCaprio movie. What do you, okay. You expect, like, you know, I, I love slashers and, you know, they, they hate that, but it's, um, you go into this, like, you should expect, like, Ain't gonna be nothing fancy. Like this is a solid seven out of ten slasher movie. Like it's definitely not not even close to the worst slasher movie I've, I've ever seen. So no, I, I think it was a lot of fun. I'm really really glad I, I watched it. Well, I'm glad you, you were able to, to watch the film and jump on here and chat with me about it, man. Because I was like, you know what, I wanted to get an episode out there for a movie review, and I'm like, oh well, just seeing this, let's talk about it because uh, it was in my opinion, that good to talk about, you know? I mean, some of you out there, it's subjective. I always say this. Horror, entertainment, it's all subjective. Uh, but those that are too nitpicky, okay, and that are going to dissect this every little scene and sequence, get a life. That's all I'm saying. Yeah. <laughs> like, listen, enjoy this for what it is. I mean, if you're a horror fan, you're going you're gonna to love yeah, it pretty much. Sure. That's, that's what I'm saying. You're going to enjoy every... Not maybe not every horror movie, but you're gonna appreciate something like this if you're a, a true horror fan. I feel like, you know, and, and, right. and like I said, and not yeah. Scream and so many other films, and even Predator. I felt when Parker's running through the woods, that camera shot was like when Schwarzenegger was running through the woods. It reminded me of, and then before he hit the waterfall, that's you know, I did, I seen a lot of different movies. Oh yeah, yeah. Movie. I thought it was awesome. I think Kevin Williamson did a great job. And you know, I seen Blumhouse was attached to it. I was skeptical, dude. I'm not gonna lie. I was skeptical at first because their remakes haven't been the greatest, in my opinion. But I'm like, I'm gonna give it a shot because it's Kevin Williamson, you know. And not all the sure. Blumhouse movies are, are, you know, are bad. You know, in my opinion. I mean, there's some that they really shouldn't they should have never made, but. Again, it's my opinion, uh, but I gave it a shot. I'm glad I did. I'm glad I did because this was a, this was a solid film, in my opinion. What was your favorite part of the movie? Oh gosh, um, I think the cold open. I think the cold open was my favorite because it does like it evoked so much of Scream in a positive way for me. But you know, it's it's kind of like the uh, the newer Scream movies, especially like the first one, like Scream Five. Um, it's like how does how does it work? in a day and age where so many people don't have landline, like home telephones. Like how does it work in the age of, of cell phones? Um, I felt like this went even deeper into that because I think she like Jenna Ortega does like she's on a home phone. Um, but this was much more, everyone's just on their, you know, their cell phone, their smartphone the whole time. And, uh, um, you know, he's texting him like, you know, like you having fun, like, and he's like, who the F is this? And, um, yeah, you know, it's, it's that invasive thing. Like he gets the, the picture, like where he's standing in the checkout line and somebody took a picture of him and he like turns around, <laughs> there's like 15 people behind him and he just flicks everybody off. And I'm like, Oh, <laughs> nice. which one like, was? um, yeah, yeah. Whoever it was, you know, um, but yeah, you know, I, the cast was solid. I, I had to do a little research because I initially wasn't really familiar with everybody. But uh, the guy who played DJ, he was like young Clark Kent in Man of Steel. So he was like the younger version of Henry Cavill um, oh, in Man of Steel. Uh, the kid in the cold open, I think his name was Tyler. He's the the lead in Super 8. Uh, and he was real young in Super 8. So it was cool wow, to see him I, grown up. Wow. Yep. Um the guy, the, the husband, the father, I, I wasn't super familiar with him, but he's apparently married to Lena Headey from like Game of Thrones, Cersei Lannister. And um, yeah, you know, I, I went and cherry picked and kind of yeah, yeah, tried to get as much as Yeah, so there, there's some people that if you're real into pop culture and stuff, like you'll, you'll recognize some of these people eventually. Um, so you know, it was Parker cool. Yeah. She looked familiar. I think she. I didn't look this up, so don't you know? You probably know this, but Parker. I think she was the girl that played in the Blockers movie with John Cena, and. Um, yes. Yeah, that is her. Her name's Gideon Adlon. Um, okay. she was also in the. I didn't see this, but she was in the Craft like reboot called Legacy or something like that. Oh wow. Um, that came out in twenty eighteen. Or I'm sorry, twenty twenty. So, um. Yeah, apparently they, they've all done done some stuff 
lately. So that was cool. I mean, it, it was a pretty decent cast. I mean, of actors, the acting was on point. I thought it wasn't really cringy at all. Yeah. And, nope. um, you know, I love the um, the fact, like you said, with the cell phones, going back to that, too. Everything nowadays, man, is documented. That's the thing. Everybody yeah. has it, yeah. one of these phones, right? Boom. And, and it just recording, like, and on social media. And it, this is like, it, this consumes us. And again, to the pandemic time, that's all we could do. All we could do is just be on the phones and just get creative and stuff like that. And I think, you know, them having the party you know, that, that was like frowned upon. God forbid, remember the house party? They were shutting house parties down in New York all, like every yeah. every day, every week it, because people were getting itching. They were itching to do something. So like I can understand a mother's frustration too. It's like, yeah, you're at a party. You're ace, you know, like you're spreading this virus around. Everybody's getting sick and then my son dies because you want to have fun and have a party. Like, yeah, I, you know, I kind of sympathize with them. And it was just, uh, it was a crazy time, man. And uh, I'm just happy that they they made something like this uh, about that because that the COVID-19 crisis was a real life horror film and the scariest one that we didn't watch we lived and I said this and it's the truth man. It was. Um, yeah. To that to I that think point, it's I mean, interesting that it released as early as it did. 2020 when it hit, and this was you know like you said, I think it technically hit Peacock in the in the U.S. like the you know the January 2023 or something like that. So. Uh, it was it was really interesting like going back and just how much it made you relive like in the beginning of it um and it's still technically a thing um like i i went unscathed i got it in march of 2022 um and i was out of work for two weeks like i was on my ass um so and you know stuck in my room I was watching horror movies. That's that's literally all I was doing. Uh, but yeah, you know, I, I think this this is like one of the only real big COVID films that, and it came out like almost while it was still kind of hyped going and, on and happening. You know, yeah, yeah. No, it, it it was man, and you know, you think about it, it's not going away. It's like I said, the new flu. But new this flu, is at yeah. a time where it was just over the top. People were just not knowing what to do and. Um, I think it still came out too early. Like you said, it was still too early for this movie. Uh, yeah. And I just seen it now, but like even now looking at it, I'm like, eh. You know, people are still shot. Yeah, they're still stunned and shocked from if they lost, especially if they lost people during this. You know, still like feeling the effects of COVID and when yeah. it first happened. I mean, it's definitely simmered down a lot, but you know. It's uh, maybe this is too fresh. I don't know. I enjoyed it. I thought it's perfect yeah. uh, yeah. timing wise. And, you know, um, it just went straight to Peacock. I mean, this is a movie. If I seen it in a, in a video store, I I would have to read it because the artwork as seen the background to me. It doesn't really capture me. Yeah. But if I read it, I, w- I would definitely give it a shot. This is definitely a movie I would uh give a shot if I was rented in a video store, which I think also needs to come back. You know, you, you talk, um, you guys on the, I keep forgetting. I'm bad with names. The Friday night video podcast. There it is. Friday night video podcast. Um, you guys actually watch the VHS tapes of the movies that you're discussing beforehand. Yes and no. So, uh, yes and no. Like they, they're kind of completionists. So they, any movie we've covered, they will if they don't have it by the time we decide to record it like they they get the tape um i i cherry pick but no i i've watched a few on vhs and i you know i still have a vcr and um and it's fun like uh so a, one of our earlier episodes was on the burbs uh the joe dante oh, film with, uh, yeah. with tom hanks and i would not seen it um and i went to stream it and Lo and behold, it's it's not it, at that point in time it was not streaming on anything. Like you couldn't find it anywhere. And I was like, well, shit, I have it on VHS, and so I watched the Burbs like on VHS. So, and that's like something that we have had fun with is finding out like how stable physical media is, and it's still like you're seeing it disappear. But now you're getting all of these like news articles where it's like. Oh, you know, from PlayStation Network or, or whatever, where, you know, I bought this video and now they're like, 
taking it away because technically we never owned it. And, uh, you know, it's, it's funny seeing stuff like that happen. Like, I think the big one that just happened is uh, Funimation. Like, the anime stuff is, is fully going away. And that's, like, being absorbed yeah. by Crunchyroll. And so if you purchased films, like digital films from Funimation, they're gone, baby. Um, wow. So people are pissed off about that. And that's where we're, I, I'm of the mind in the next five to 10 years, we're going to see this pendulum shift. Um, and physical media is going to be more relevant for reasons like this, where it's like, well, if I have it right here, you see, I've got the you know a huge stack. Yeah. That's all of the oh, yeah. uh, the Screen Factory 4Ks right there, all of them. Um, nice. So, you know, it's there. Like, there's tons of these movies you can't stream anywhere. So, I think it's it's just really interesting. Like, and, and nobody wants to pay twenty two dollars a month for Netflix anymore, and because you also have Hulu and Max oh, and yeah, yeah. So, I, it's like. You're being milked dry. The whole idea, initially when streaming started, was like, oh, like I'm not having to pay for cable. And now it's like, well, if I want everything, you're gonna pay for. You're paying more than you ever paid for cable. Um, so, it's interesting. It's gonna break one day, and I, I don't think it's gonna be too too far away where it all breaks. Yeah, I hope so. I want to see resurgence of video stores. I do too. That's what I want to see, man. And yeah. I want to see. You know, honestly, and I think it's going to happen, uh, maybe not VHS, but, you know, definitely uh, Blu-ray 4K, you know, and uh, maybe even DVDs. I don't know. But for me, I feel like with the streaming services, it's so oversaturated, like you were talking about. And everybody has to have some exclusive content, obviously, for their platform so you can subscribe to their platform. And it just—it's getting ridiculous, man. It, it really is, and it's like now what I'm hearing is they're taking, they're stopping like making copies of certain things, like you know certain movies or whatever like that. And oh, it's exclusive on this platform. It's the only place you're gonna find. Why? Like, are you kidding me? Because oh, yeah. why? Because Hulu owns this or Netflix? Like, come on, man. No, yeah. it, it, it's BS, man. Uh, and that's why, like for me, I have DVDs, I have 4Ks, I have. Uh, VHS tapes, um, and I'm trying to grow that collection even more because, hey, like you said, I have it in my hands. Yeah, it's mine. You can't take it from me unless you're robbing me. <laughs> That's it. Exactly. It, you know, so you can't tell me when to watch it either, and I got to pay twenty two dollars a month. You yeah. know, it's, it's it's nuts, man. You know, I miss that experience, and I know you guys, you you as well, and the other uh, two on on the team for the Friday Night Video Podcast. I mean, you guys had to miss that experience just going to the video store, just walking in yeah. and, you know, you had maybe enough money to get maybe two. Yeah. Okay, maybe a game thrown in the mix later on. I don't know. But, you know, you had to make a decision what you were watching for that night or that weekend. Pray it didn't suck. Yes. And pray it didn't suck because now, now you know what the problem is now? There's so much content that I can't figure out what to watch. And I'm sitting there for two hours trying to figure out a movie and then finally by the time i figure it out i'm like you know i'm tired i fucking fall asleep 10 minutes in what, what? Yeah. yeah it's like it's kind of bad man. Like, yeah. even the missus and i we start to figure out the nights that we know we're gonna watch a movie we're gonna figure it out in the morning so by the nighttime we already have it all planned out yeah 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 it's it's like that you know your girlfriend asks you um what do you want to do for dinner <laughs> like where are you gonna take me <laughs> you know, I, like it, it is, it's, it's so funny. Like that, that oversaturation and um, yeah. I mean, I think every single person has experienced that where it's like, I literally have 90% of TV shows and, and released movies like available. And it's so much where it's just like, I just wasted two hours and now I'm going to go to bed because I couldn't decide. And I like part of the joy and like the nostalgia of, of like the video stores was like, you went and you picked and like you struggled, uh, you picked something, you went home and you watched it. Like, and you didn't have to worry about this going off while you're watching it. Um, so that's like, that's our joy. Like, you know, I, I was, I, uh, I was born in 93 
I didn't have a smartphone until after I graduated from, from high school. So I'm technically a millennial. Like I'm kind of closer to the end of the millennial generation, but I feel like we are that last generation that have that kind of unique childhood where it was like, yeah, we grew up before the internet was really even like as widely available as it was. And, you know, I didn't have a smartphone until I was 18. Um, so I very much remember like, you go play outside. Like if you're going to rent a video or something, like that's all you had to your exposure. And it's, it was such a simpler time. And that's like the whole point of our podcast is like reliving that nostalgia. And like, I, I remember how the freaking like mom pop video stores smelled like it, it's yeah. crazy. Like it's so just, it's still living there in in my mind. And it's something that was such a unique um, experience. And for the, the kids and the, and the, you know, the grownups that didn't get to experience that now, it's like, man, it's nothing compares. Like nothing will ever compare to that. I agree, man. It, nothing will. It's just an experience. That's exactly what it was. It was an event. Yeah. I keep saying it every, every weekend that you went to the store and, you know, I, I hope we can get back to those times. I mean, there's one blockbuster left in Bend, Oregon, but I have a feeling we are going to get more video stores in the future. I, I'm confident. And, I, you know, the way it's been going, people are getting pissed, spending all this money. I'm like, why am I spending this money? All these streaming services, you know? Yeah. And, yeah. and the prices keep going up. So it's like, you know, forget it. Yeah, I'm yeah. going back to cable or if not cable, I'm going to a video store, you know? Yeah, yeah. This is what this is what I think we're going we're going to go backwards a little bit. Now you're right. You, you spoke on that time period. We were the last generation to have that to be outside to not have these. Okay, and growing up like it was a simpler time and it was sure. less stressful. I, I guarantee, if like us being our ages now, if we were you know that age in the in the '90s, it would just be so much less stress. Oh yeah, yeah. So much less stress. Like uh, you don't have that instant access to everything and everyone. And I think a lot of the problems that we're experiencing just in the world today, if it wasn't for social media, smartphones, that connectivity, it wouldn't be near the division among oh, just people in general. Um, so I agree. <laughs> I, 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 well, this is what it is. It's a blessing and a curse because you know what? I do take the positives. The positives is that I had, you know, an opportunity to link up with you and others on here and, and get this uh, Horror 365, the brand, what we do over here. We celebrate Horror 365 and uh, we're growing this and we're taking it to the next level. There's going to be things that are coming up later on this year that I don't, I can't unveil yet, but we're working on content and networking. That's the goal of the year. You know that, Ian. And that's what we're doing here. And this right here, I think yeah. this is quality, right? Just a movie review on a movie that I first seen for the first time you have. And maybe many of you that watch this haven't seen it yet, but go watch it if you didn't see it. Sick. And remember, if you're watching this movie with others, wear your goddamn mask, okay? <laughs> don't be inconsiderate, okay? I don't care sitting right next to you uh, and in their family. I don't want to hear that. You get them sick, it's going to be a problem, especially if somebody else is in the movie. See what happened. You watch this movie, take notes. <laughs> no, but uh, but yeah, man. So yeah. That, it was wrap wraps up this one. Ian, I want you to plug everything that you got going on there. I just uh sh told everybody, listen, follow Ian the Wolfman on Instagram at Universal Studios Monsters. Um, I hope I said, I hope I spelled that out right. Yeah, Studio Monsters or Studio. You got it. Yeah. Okay, on the money there. Um, and then you know, for those that are also tuned in here, of course, if you haven't done so already. What are you waiting for? Click that subscribe button below, baby. Horror 365 Alive. Okay, you know we're on Facebook. Follow us on Facebook at Horrorheads365 as well as Instagram. Uh, this is what we're doing. Uh, weekly content for you like this. And the Wolfman. You know, you brought up a good point before we log out of here. We need more faces. You know, just like Leatherface. We need more faces. And Ian representing on the team. You don't see a lot of them because he only comes out at night. But it's okay. He's blessing us <laughs> today. The Wolfman did his thing. I appreciate you, buddy. Thank you, seriously, for taking the time and uh, oh, on this episode. For sure, man. This this was. I always say whenever I get the opportunity to uh, 
talk about something that I'm passionate about and whether it's horror, whether it's classic horror, 80s horror, whether it's 90s nostalgia, videos, whatever, if I get to do it and I get to talk to a friend and I, I'm of the mindset, you have to earn the right to be heard and it's all about respect and humility. Uh, so thank you, Jimmy, for the opportunity to share my thoughts and my Wolfman face. <laughs> um, so <laughs> I really appreciate it, man. When I think we're going to do some real, real big things with Horror 365 and I cannot wait to see what the future holds. Oh, thank you so much for those words, Ian. Seriously, man. Uh, it's about, it's about the team. Teamwork makes the dream work. And we have, yeah. I'm fortunate to have great people like Ian right here on the Horror 365 family, a part of the family. So again, thank you all. Thank all the horror heads out there for tuning in, for subscribing, for follow us, uh, following us. And of course, thank you for celebrating horror, not only in October, damn it, but 365. I'm going to see you next week, but you better, you better be wearing your mask when you watch this episode. Does this like smell like chloroform to you?